yes. to these vehicles that have got this level of, of smart. Absolutely. Know, all, yeah, I mean, that's, all of the vehicles over time, doesn't that's it? That's how all automotive technology has always worked. It mm. starts at the high-end expensive stuff and then it trickles its way down. Seat belts, airbags, all of that sort of stuff was offered on the absolute top models first, worked its way down. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain. Uh, real privilege to have Damien O'Carroll joining me again. It's been a while since we've had you on the show. It has been a while. There's been a few things happen in between times, lockdowns and pandemics and things, but it's nice to be back. Yeah, <laughs> oh, great, great to have you here in the studio, Damien. Before we go any further, just a big thank you to our show partners, to Vodafone, Two Degrees, Spark, HP, Gorilla Technology, and Deal. So, yeah, thanks to them for keeping us on air and supporting the show. Damien, back to you. Maybe for, for those that uh, aren't familiar with you, and, yeah, probably things have changed a little bit since last time we caught up anyway, um, you fill listeners in on where you fit into this big, wide world of journalism and automotive and, you know, a bit of tech in there. Yes, well, I mean, I think the last time I probably appeared on one of your podcasts, I was a motoring journalist for Stuff.co.nz. Um, I've since been the motoring editor for a few years, and I've since just quit, and I'm finishing at the end of this week. So <laughs> <laughs> going back to a semi-freelance lifestyle and working for the opposition-driven.co.nz. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, so, I've been certainly you know, I've seen a lot of good content coming through, mm-hmm. uh, through stuff from a you know, motoring perspective. And, you know, I think, yeah, last few years we've just seen – you know, such a move in terms of the electric side. So right. I thought, you know, yeah. definitely time for, for a bit of a catch up and, and a bit of a chat around sort of the the role of technology in the automotive world. Um, the electric side is part of it, but there's all sorts of other, you know, aspects to the technology as well. And you've always been uh, been something of a of a technologist yourself, always. Uh, go on, uh, say it. N- nudging go the, say tech nerd, go on, <laughs> say it. <laughs> nudging uh, yourself along with all the latest and uh, and greatest sort of gadgets and cameras yes. and yes. you know drones and whatnot. So um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be good to delve into some of that. Um, but before we do, there were you know, a couple of other t- other topics at the at the uh, at the top. Um, one was an, uh, the new iPad from Apple. Mm. Um, now, this sort of has, has caught my attention for a couple of reasons. Now, we've got used to the fact that Apple prices have really risen across the board um, within this market because of the strength of the US dollar versus pretty much every other currency on the on the globe. Uh, including the New Zealand dollar, so we've seen the sort of prices uh, bumping up. But I got to say, I was caught really off guard um, by the the price of the iPad, mm. uh, the new iPad, the ten inch. It's it has you know a bit of a design change, but yeah, I wouldn't call it massively dramatic. But we've been buying the iPad. We've been able to buy an iPad in New Zealand. Uh, for yeah, a little over five hundred dollars for for quite a number of years, um, so that's it's kind of been a bit of a recommended go to for uh, you know education usage. In fact, you know my son uses a, a, a ten inch iPad uh, at school. Uh, you know you've been able to to put a 
a keyboard on and, and, and so on. Um, so there's been options for that, and it's been a very, very, you know, just solid, good, stable, strong device yeah. and and just, you know, ideal in a, in a bunch of those sort of scenarios where maybe in the past we would have looked at laptops or, or, or other products and it's just it's been an amazing product, an amazing price point, and sort of suddenly that's that's all all changed. Now, I should clarify that this is the tenth generation iPad where the price has jumped, slightly bigger screen, gone from ten point two to ten point nine inch. It's gone from a Lightning connector to a USB C, so that's what we're sort of expecting also to happen uh, with future iPhones. You know, everything USB C rather than the Lightning. Yeah, but from you know, roughly sort of five hundred and fifty dollars up to eight hundred ninety nine is a massive change. Now, yeah, you can buy the old generation model, but interestingly, because of the way Apple works with exchange rates and generally keeping things at the same price across their life, so other than the generational changes where we do see, you know, say a new iPhone comes out, then last year's model might drop in price, mm. but across the year or whatever time it's out there, often a product will stay at the same price. So you're, you, tell me what phone you're using. I've, I've, I've switched to a, um, a Samsung Galaxy Fold 4, which so far I'm absolutely loving, um, but it's quite uh, battery-centric, shall we say, at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but an interesting thing with the, with the I, Samsung is from the date they launch it, to the date the new the yeah you know, the replacement comes out yeah the the prices come down over yes. that period yeah. right Apple, so Apple, Apple does not just uh, just do it's that. just static yeah. right yeah. other than the odd yeah there is occasionally ways to get a discount and so on yes um, but not a whole lot now what we've seen here is that the ninth generation iPad has gone up in price so what we were seeing so the old the older product mm, the older one has got uh, if you order that from 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 Apple now it's up i think $649 you can still see the old stock of the ninth gen with New Zealand retailers at sort of 540 to 560 mm. so if you want that go and grab it now, it now. Yeah. Uh, otherwise it's going to be about 100 bucks more very soon um, but it looks like the days are gone of a five hundred odd dollar uh, iPad, and so I'm really curious: does this open the door for some some really good Android sort of competitors to, to come in? And Android hasn't been that great on the yes, on the on the tablet front, uh, or is this just inflation and that's what it's going to be for an iPad go, going forward? Because it, it's at the price that it was. Yeah, a whole lot cheaper than an iPhone. Uh, you know, in many ways, you could sort of say, well, this was an anomaly. Apple must be making, you know, very, very little on it. And with this flip of the, you know, the mm. pen, uh, new pricing on a new model, there is going to be a huge amount of profit and margin in this product. And if they can keep the, the their sales figures anywhere near what they were, um, this is this is going to, you know, put billions in... Uh, in, in Apple's back pocket. Yeah, well, I mean, that's obviously the aim. <laughs> um, so but, but, I mean, we've, you know, we've seen everything increasing in price recently. You know, it's, it's happening all over the world. And uh, coming, from a, coming from a car industry point of view, the whole uh, semiconductor shortage has absolutely hammered the car industry there. And it's got to be affecting sort of the profit margins of other 
users, you know, that use semiconductors. Um, so it's, I, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's a nice, just the realignment they needed to do, or maybe it is a cynical cash grab. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just saying, I mean, obviously it's a new new model, there's new tech in there and so on. You well, know. A new, new um, plug but, and a slightly bigger screen, yeah. But for New, for, for New Zealand <laughs> folks, it's over a 50% increase. That's a big And year. that just, that just um, And it yeah. sort of comes at a segment of the market where, like I say, my mum's got an iPad. She won't use a computer. She couldn't use a computer, so I bought her an iPad. She calls it her computer. Um, she can use it. It's yeah, super easy. And that, that's sort of the market where that bottom-end mm. iPad slots mm. in. And it's... Um, so, so is it going to impact those... You know, Kiwi families who maybe they can't necessarily afford a full blown computer mm. in terms of a you know a full laptop, full desktop, etc. Uh, you know, youngsters that you know, if they're going to have something for school, it would have been a five hundred odd dollar iPad. Now at nine hundred, mm. some of those folks priced out of the market. I mean, yeah. Apple's not the brand we usually sort of associate with, with you know, an entry level sort of price point to technology. So maybe this is just a no, but, I mean, the lack natural of, uh, realignment, but it does seem like a real pity. It does. I mean, the lack of sort of credible Android alternatives is what's given them that part of the market, obviously. Mm. So yeah, you're probably right. If there was a, a, it's a great opportunity for a good Android tablet to come in, but the mm. problem is there aren't really. Any that are that good. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying this as an Android user. I've got an Android tablet, and yeah, I think it's yeah, great. Yeah, but yeah. no, it's got severe deficiencies when compared to yeah. to an iPad. So, on <laughs> on the flip side, I think Apple has been doing some really. Good, they have been doing some great stuff. We were often in the past had talked about them leaving, you know, Macs for years and years between updates to yeah. processors and so on. Multi generations of Intel. Chips would come out, and uh, some of the Macs would wait years between updates, and you know, that side of things definitely seems to have got onto a onto a better cycle, which is is good. So that you know, there's definitely good stuff happening from Apple uh, today. Uh, Mac OS 13 Ventura has landed, so we're seeing those sort of regular you know free updates to um, operating system uh, come out, and of course we see that across our our iPhones and our, our iPads as well. Uh, which happens sort of seamlessly, whereas eh, Android's been a, a, a lot more variable on that front. So you know, there, there's certainly yeah a lot of good stuff that uh, that Apple are doing, um, but that one to me a little bit disappointing. Mm. Uh, so let's let's see how things play out. Now, other thing on a I guess on a New Zealand front because that pricing is you know is, is somewhat quite specific. Yeah to the New Zealand market, the increase isn't as large in the US and falls into sort of your area of automotive. Uh, I saw that uh, that News Hub have, have done a story um, in the last sort of 24 hours around the government clean car rebates and sort of highlighting how much of that has gone to those buying uh, Teslas. Yes. Which, you know, when you look at it, yeah, it kind of makes some sense because of, uh, and they talked about uh, $33 million has been paid out for those Model 3 uh, purchases. And they've sort of picking on on Tesla, I, I suppose, as, hey, look, this is a premium 
this is a this story is sort of saying, hey, the, you know, Tesla's a, yeah. a premium product. Why does it need to be subsidised and 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 so on? What's your thoughts on this? Is this is this sort of um, you know a bit a bit of a, a, a cheeky angle to take? I think so. I, I think it's a bit of a beat up because the the, the reason that most of the subsidies have gone to Teslas is that the Tesla is the best selling electric vehicle in New Zealand. That's it. So, mm, mm. and also, they, they, you know, they're all under the $80,000 cap. So they're all very much entry level Model 3s yep, and Model Ys and, and so yeah. on. Um, and also, Dan, I think I, I sort of mentioned to you before that Tesla's done a, played a very good job of sort of selling itself as a high end luxury maker when it's not sort of quite. I mean, it's in a different field simply because it's a totally different type of car, but Tesla has seen as this sort of aspirational brand like BMW and like Mercedes, but um, it's actually slightly more mainstream. But yeah, you get, you get things like this because they think there's these expensive luxury cars that are getting all of this this rebate. That, by the way, the ute buyers are actually paying for. Thank you to the ute buyers. Thank you to, to the all ute our buyers. listeners that are buying. Yep, ute, absolutely. Ute buyers. I mean, uh, it hasn't the the whole clean car thing hasn't slowed down the sale of utes in the slightest. Even though they're paying an extra five thousand dollars or so, it's just the cost, and you have to just pay the cost. It they pay it. They want their ute. They buy it. Yeah. They're still you the get top. what you need, right? It's, yep. it's there to do a job. Yep. The Ranger and the yeah, but most in of the a lot ones, of cases, most well, of the ones yeah, that are being yeah. sold aren't actually to do a job there. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, the Ranger and the Hilux are still the top two selling, best-selling vehicles in New Zealand and will continue to be. Um, the the Model 3 is the top-selling EV in New Zealand and it's an absolute fraction of, of those ones. So uh, an article like that is taking probably the wrong look at it in that it's, you know, sure it's going to <coughs> these fancy Model 3s, but that in turn is feeding a lot more of them into the used market where yeah. they do become suddenly more affordable and, and people can buy them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. I mean, I get where they're coming from, and it doesn't. It can seem a bit grating to people looking at these fancy Tesla buyers getting their yeah their big money back. But um, mm. yeah, yeah, your, your Ute buyers are paying for it. Yeah. Well, there was a quote from yeah Transport Minister Michael uh, Wood said the biggest number of vehicles that we have supported through the clean car discount have actually been relatively affordable hybrid vehicles. Yep. So there's a lot more rebates given yep. out. On on the hybrids, it's just had a lower, you yeah. know, it's a lower figure. If you go full electric, you get that full eight thousand yeah, six hundred and fifty rebate. Right? And I th- I think the effect that the clean car program has had so far is that it has actually it's boosted hybrid and plug-in hybrid sales more than EV sales, mm. and it's mm. really pushed that segment. Um, yep. and, and even down to to low emission petrol vehicles. That's yep. they, you know, some of those, mm. some mm. of them can get a rebate, and so that's sort of helping people decide to move into perhaps a, a smaller petrol car. Yeah, yeah. To get a bigger rebate. So I yeah. I, I laughed at the quote from uh, National Transport National's Transport Spokesperson um, MP uh, Simeon Brown, uh, which started off with, this is a reverse Robin Hood scheme. <laughs> it's taking from people who don't have a choice about what kind of vehicles they drive, like farmers and tradies, and it's giving it to people who can afford to buy the expensive luxury vehicles like a Tesla. <laughs> anyway, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that on on that one. Um, other than to say, it does look as though there could there could be a change uh, ahead from you know from from reading the story. We'll just see. We'll see how it plays out. Oh, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I guess uh, from a, a selfish perspective, thinking I may 
may upgrade it at some point in the next little little while. So uh, kind of hopeful that the rebates there, uh, the you know, from perspective down. when um, you know when when that happens. But uh, we'll see how it plays well, out. Well, there's a, like a third side to the coin that's about to kick in too, which is the the final stage of the clean car program, which is the charge that the man, the fines that they believe it on the manufacturers for tire emitting. Vehicles, yeah, and right. that's going to realign ve- new vehicle pricing quite drastically. Ah, uh, and so suddenly yeah, Utes it all are going to get on, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, your Utes are going to get a double hit. Yeah, so right. that you may see a quite a realignment then. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the people that buy Utes tend to buy them because they want to buy Utes, or or as they mentioned, they have to buy Utes. Yeah, but given yep. the majority of Ute sales are still very much in the high end, about the same price as your Tesla Model Three, seventy mm. odd grand mark. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. Um, yeah, interesting. It hasn't worked out kind of revenue neutral um, for the government at uh, at this stage. Looks like um, they're saying they've collected close to sixty three million um, from the the heavy emitters tax and paid out ninety about ninety five million mm-hmm. uh, in in subsidies. So we'll see how that plays but out. But then it's hard to say because the coal car market's been such a mess with mm. with COVID and with supply constraints and everything. It's, That's true. It's, yeah. yeah. And we also haven't haven't seen road users charges applied to no. um, electric vehicles yet, which you know, is, is inevitable yeah. <laughs> uh, at 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 some point in time. So yeah, um, so yeah, I guess I wanted to talk more about this kind of crossover between the automotive world and the and the tech world and the the sorts of things you've seen. Um, I know as a as a motoring journalist that you you know, you. you Tend to get kept in the loop on, on lots of things. You would uh, you would see a lot more vehicles than uh, um, than and me or or you know anyone that's really out outside of that media world. Um, so I'm kind of curious on the yeah interesting things you've seen. I know you were uh, recently in the in the US with uh, with General Motors and. Uh, uh, you got to put uh, pedal to the metal on a Hummer EV. I did. I did. Uh, tell, tell us a little okay. bit about about that, and you know, around some of the some of the tech. Well, it was a fascinating trip because, uh, well, it was my first overseas trip. It's been about two two years. Yeah. So yeah. I, I had no idea how to pack and made a complete disaster. Of <laughs> That's another story. Um, but it was it was yeah. General Motors basically took us over there to just show us their EV future. Because yeah. GM's just laying into it big time. They they want to commit to being completely electric by I think twenty thirty five, mm. and that's that's a like a much bigger target than any of the other car manufacturers have set themselves. Yep. So and you know it's the biggest one of the biggest car companies in the world that switches between it and Volkswagen as to which is the top selling, and then Toyota comes in occasionally and worries them. But mm, mm. Um, so they're absolutely huge, and it's a huge commitment from them. Yeah, we got to drive the Hummer, which was the highlight of my trip, but it wasn't what we were there for. Yeah. But I will just say that the Hummer is absolutely awesome. It's um, It weighs four tonnes. It'll do zero to 100 kilometres an hour in uh, about three seconds. Um, it's just terrifyingly fast. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but the most interesting thing about it is it's on GM's new Ultium platform, which they call the Ultium platform, which is the battery pack and basically a skateboard EV platform. And it packs, it's got two Ultium battery packs on it. So it's 212 kilowatt hour battery pack. It's, that's which, a, that's uh, insane, it's right? It's enormous, yeah. Because yeah. it normally, you know, say a, 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 
a pretty top end ex- yeah, expensive yeah. EV with yeah most uh, most of them sort of maybe I mean the smaller ones are like fifty yeah, kilowatt 50, 60, right yeah. so so the MG EV we'll talk yeah. about shortly yeah. that's that's around sort of fifty yeah. uh, the Tesla Model Three that I got twenty nineteen is just a little bit over fifty. Yeah. Um, so that is, sort of that is that is huge. Ninety to a hundred is considered like really big. Yeah. That's so it. yeah, the <laughs> Hummer's twice that, and it's insane. Um, and it's you know it, it uses will, it uses electricity at an offensively high rate, just like the the petrol Hummers use petrol. So it's yeah, not exactly yeah. A, so what was it like to put your foot down with that much? Power. Very unsettling. It's very <laughs> no. very unsettling. We only drove it on gravel, so we didn't get the full yeah. brutal. But I mean, it was. Yeah, anyone who's done sort of the whole Tesla, you know, hundred P one hundred performance mode launch yeah, knows what yeah. the, the sort of moving of your internal <laughs> organs feels like. But you're doing this about, you know, six feet in the air and something that weighs four tons. Um, apparently, there are it has worried a few of the the federal safety regulators over there and the fact that it has a four tons that can do zero to 103 seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's an incredible thing. But the whole basis for GM's electric future is the Saltium platform, which we got a tour of all of their development area and looked at all how they made the batteries and everything. And They took us over there. So obviously you're thinking right-hand drive, right? That's what they denied the whole time. They said, no, no, look, we're not making any announcements about right-hand drive production. However... Took great pains every time we talked about it to stress how easy it is for them to engineer a car in left or right-hand drive when it's on a skateboard battery platform as opposed to an ICE vehicle where you've got all sorts of other components in the way. Yeah, because with an internal combustion engine, a lot more complexity isn't there. And yeah. uh, electric, it's sort of yeah. like so much less to uh, to think about, yeah. to adjust. I mean, they all, made all it sound you, pretty trivial, did they? They yeah, wouldn't, conf- yeah. wouldn't commit to anything, but yeah. one of the Aussie journalists we were with laid quite a nice little trap with the uh, one of the Cadillac designers we got to talk to. Yeah, they showed yeah. us and we got to drive the Cadillac Lyric, which is the new Cadillac first EV mm. from Cadillac. Mm. It's an mm. SUV. Beautiful thing. But this, this Aussie journalist was asking everyone about right-hand drive production and no one mm. would comment, so I can't comment on that. He asked the designer the same question. He goes, oh, well, that's not my department. I'm, I'm a designer. I can't comment on that. And then he dropped in this little beauty of like, well, you, you must have designed a right-hand drive <laughs> interior if you... And the designers went, I do know the answer to that and I cannot say. So <laughs> it was a pretty obvious pretty yeah, obvious yeah. gotcha he got there. That yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we're likely yeah. to see a right-hand drive Cadillac Lyric yeah. at some stage. And I would say that, yeah, General Motors is, after killing off Holden and, and getting rid of it, uh, slowly going to branch out into right-hand drive, but under their own names rather yeah, than have. Yeah, they yeah. sold off Opel and Vauxhall in Europe and yep, so it'll yep. be the GM brand. Yeah, so it's a fascinating thing that they're doing and the the whole skateboard platform thing just opens up so much more flexibility for car manufacturers. It's going to be very interesting over the next decade or so to see mm. what they can actually do with that because mm. they're mm. still very much stuck in the mindset of a traditional car and so are buyers. The people that buy the cars still want an SUV or a you yeah, know sedan yeah, or a, or yeah, a pickup yeah. truck or something like that, but there's so much more flexibility in EV platforms to do different things. Now on the on the sort of the, the tech side, yes. we've seen you know I guess continuous change over quite a few years now. You know I remember 
you and I have been on a, on ended up on a few trips together. Ford and, and Silicon mm-hmm. Valley was just interesting that at that point, this was a good few years ago now that, hey, we're, we're set up, we've got a Silicon Valley base, we're cutting-edge tech now, and they were showing off all sorts of different things that they were investing in, involved in, from e-bicycles to yes. car-sharing car platforms sharing, yeah. they'd invested in and all manner of, of things. I remember that stage sort of asking around the entertainment systems. They'd be showing off the latest thing in the US and, oh, well, but where's that coming to New Zealand? And there was always sort of quite a disconnect, but things have have really you know moved along and locally here now, Ford, uh, it's not unique to them, but you have your SIM card and you've got your data yeah. connectivity, yeah. you've got your apps and so on. And, but they do seem to be moving, you know, moving along quite nicely and from that technological standpoint. And, I mean, in their case, to look at it where they've kind of split out between the old um, yeah, internal combustion yeah, engine, the ICE the cars, into two. Yeah. To, to the EV sort of side, which is I find is absolutely fascinating and I'm, I'm kind of curious how exactly how that plays out where you've got others that are just – We'll take this vehicle. We'll have an electric version and a yep. non-electric, which I guess Ford have done with the F one hundred and fifty, which is the you know the biggest selling. Well, is it the biggest selling vehicle in the US? Um, certainly in the um, US, yeah. And it's one of the one of the, the biggest selling states. globally. Yeah. Yeah. On the, um, yeah. But tech just seems to every year goes by. It's like oh oh you know what's what's normal just gets better and better yeah. the android auto and carplay yeah. side we've we've seen a uh, whole raft of of changes um polestar is probably interesting um one with you know their their the, polestar 2 which is sat on you know basically an android platform for I don't know what you what do you, what do you call it? I was going to call it the front end, but the more more than just the uh, entertainment system, yeah, I like absolutely, the full, yeah, yeah. full yeah. control. Yeah, I think of, it's really, Android Automotive or something, right. and it's yeah, basically yeah. A, a, an architecture. Sort of a look at Volvo. So. Actually, have switched to it too because Volvo and Polestar obviously mm. are essentially mm. the same sort of thing underneath. Yeah, and I've heard they've had a few teething problems with it, but brilliant system. And basically, if you've got a um, Google account, you just sign in, you can get all your music, all your email, all your calendars straight there, and it's just so seamless. And that, and that's the thing we've got so used to with our yeah. with our with phones, phones with having and, everything and how easy that is. So that's good. I think you know Google are going on that front, and where automakers are are going. That said, mm. the uh, Polestar three is quite a big jump in price. And well, and everything in technology and performance. It's yeah, arguably yeah, it's, it's, they, it's a it's a much higher end vehicle, isn't oh yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah. They they like to say that you know the Polestar Two is this it's its own thing and it's totally unique, but it actually runs on the same underpinnings as the um, Volvo XC40 and C40 EVs and everything right, else. Right. So, but the three is the first sort of all Polestar EV right, that they'll right, be doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'll still share things with but Volvo. That's but how you do it. They're very much clarifying that they're a, a real premium you know, yep. player, aren't they? Yep, absolutely. They're yep. sort of always aiming at that that middle high ground. They're not mm. sort of mm. going at the real high ground stuff. The Polestar 3 may change that. I'm sure they'll make a push mm. up probably with that because there's mm. also another one coming that they'll probably push down with. But no, it's fascinating watching that whole Google sort of Android and, and Apple CarPlay thing because mm. the manufacturers hate the idea of giving control of their cars to Apple or Google. So the fact that Google has gone out and made this 
automotive operating mm, system and mm, Polestar's mm. embraced it as one way they're sort of getting around that because, you know, for years Toyota hammered on its own sort of operating system that was far superior to a CarPlay and Android Auto and it wouldn't allow access and then they had to give in just because customer demand, mm, you know, they wanted mm. it so they gave it to them. Yep. But um, the whole idea of handing over, it's bad enough that they sort of hand over control of the infotainment system. They, yep. They're very reluctant to give anything else over, which, I, you know, I kind of get. But um, but it, but Apple are doing the same thing, aren't yes, they? Yes, I believe they're, they're, you know, with they're their, trying something too. Uh, yeah. Their next generation yes. is that you could have whatever, you know, yeah. all, right, you know all screens basically yes. uh, being, being effectively handed over for, yeah. for Apple to run. Yeah. And this, to me, is quite fascinating in terms of the sort of delineation that we might get in the future. So you know, Tesla have got a big slice of the market as far as electric vehicles. They're the only player, really, that's got no Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, right? So they're trying to own that space. Yep. And time is going to really tell us whether, whether they're able to sort of keep that without that, you know, super close integration with the apps on your phone. And I think in order to do it, my guess is anyway, they're going to need to have a a serious app store. They've already got, you know, a lot of games. They've got the functionality, Netflix and YouTube and Spotify. And, you know, there's there's a bunch there, but there are some gaps. And in some areas, it's just it's just nice. You just jump into your vehicle, everything's there, and you know if you've got the premium connectivity, then it all it all just you know works regardless of whether you've got a data plan or not on your phone and and, yep. and where you are. It's yeah, you know, it's very good. But I can see Apple and Google sort of out maneuvering them in terms of the uh, you know the interface. It's you know yep. it's totally yep. totally possible with just how how tight that integration is. But yeah, I'm not quite sure how much it will, how much will matter, and and whether uh, you know no. Tesla can can carve out this niche because I don't think anybody else is going to be able to longer term have a choice other than not to really. kind of go Apple or yeah. or, or or Android, yeah. right? I mean, I think it's it's interesting in the way that Tesla have done it well, and that they do have that connectivity. You can sign in with your Spotify account, you can sign in with your YouTube account, your Netflix account, all that. The only real difference between that and the, the Polestar Google system is you sign in once, it does everything on that one. You just have to sign in a few more times on on the Tesla system. Mm. So they've got that, but then, like you say, as we as we move forward and things uh, it become sort of all the more integrated, it is going to be harder. But Tesla have, you know, they've, they've got the head start there. They had a really good app for connection from your phone to the car to control everything and all of that, and that's helped. But, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting going forward, and I can't see really, you know, it's an inevitability. The car manufacturers seem to be giving more and more away to Apple and, and Google all the time, so they'll... Well, it, it, it will, know. yeah, allows them to... People just... <laughs> ...focus a little, a little bit differently, I suppose, yeah. in terms of, well, okay, yeah. well, if, if you give that to Apple and, and Google, then they're going to keep... Innovating, iterating, and so on, and it certainly has been a frustration for I think a lot of people in the past. You know, you bought this car, oh, you know the 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 entertain, infotainment side is is sort of static, and yeah. oh, yeah, you know. Um, but 
yeah, that that future piece, if it is with with Apple and Google, mm. I would think it's going to get very very good, and yep. the integration oh, it, and control yep. from your yep. phone, um, you know, will, will step up. I yeah, I, I don't know how the you know how the likes of you know Ford have got their own app and and the varying others that are you know in a similar sort of boat, how that's going to work and how it all kind of converges through and how yeah. long it takes as well. I, I think the biggest fear from the, the car manufacturers in terms of, of that is that how many times do you, probably not so much as an Apple user, but as an Android Auto, Android user, particularly Android Auto, they do a new update, suddenly something doesn't work anymore. They don't want that in their cars. No, no, they no, really no. do not want that in their cars. Yeah, and that's the big, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, as an Android user, I find Android Auto equally wonderful and screamingly frustrating at the same time when yeah, it just won't yeah. work or just stops in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. that's what the car makers desperately don't want. So, yeah, it's it's going to be very, very interesting. I suspect they will keep sort of a baseline of their own control, but mm. they'll they'll be malleable to adapting to. Are there any particular things that you've seen to date, not necessarily even with Android Auto, but just with the different tech platforms that sort of stick out? Like, for instance, on, you know, as a comparison to some of the stuff Tesla are doing. So, you know, one of the, one of the updates recently has given me access so I can I can see the live yep. access to the, the cameras in the vehicle, yes. right? So I might be away from the vehicle. Maybe I've got, you know, an alert that something's been yep. triggered or what have you, or I've been away from the vehicle and it's, I don't know, parked at the airport parking somewhere rather, and I'm like, where have they parked? Is it, is it sort of safe, whatever, you know, you can jump in, you can yeah. jump in and have a little bit of a look, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, get alerts uh, now if, say, the the door's been left, you know, boots left open or windows are down. Mm-hmm. And because of APIs, you can also run sort of third-party things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got one of the apps will alert me, um, generally speaking, actually, although I did miss this last week and it and it created me a little bit of hassle um, that I it wasn't plugged in, or maybe I knew and I, I just ignored it. It's like, oh, I'll be right without a night of, of charge. But usually, you know, it just charges yeah. every night at home. Yeah. But you can set these alerts, and you know, I've even heard of, and I'm not sure whether anyone has implemented this or not, um, you know, it looking at the weather and then going, hold on, you know, you're, you're, it's about to rain, uh, you've left your boot open or, you know, windows down, links those two together and, you know, gives yeah. you a little bit of a nudge. Uh, you know, there's there's yeah. all manner of sort of bits and pieces of integrations and you know, even Apple Watch type apps where you can, uh, you know, you can do things and, you know, control mm. your car and, you know, there's silly stuff like toot the horn and flash the oh, lights yeah. and so yeah, on. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. you know, um, I'm, I'm not sure of the practical use on, <laughs> on you know many of the things, but when yeah. you've got software, you can you do can stuff. Do it, so then, why, why not? Yep. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's becoming sort of increasingly common now, uh, particularly among EVs. Mm. Uh, Mercedes and BMW have got very good apps. Um, I had I've had two long term EVs in the last couple of years. One was the first MG ZS, which I absolutely loved, but there was no connectivity whatsoever. Yeah, which I yeah. found very frustrating because you couldn't just. <laughs> You know, open the app and see how charge. You know how much charge you had, or anything like oh, that. Yeah, I noticed that, and I've just had it for a few days, yeah. and and immediately I, I thought about it. I left it at a um, left it somewhere to get a little bit of a charge, and then I was thinking, oh, how, well, how, how, how much is, how much <laughs> yeah. is charged? Yeah. I, I don't have an app here. Yeah. Yep. Um. So it's sort of becoming 
yeah, you know, with a with electric at least, and and I guess that's where we see the most innovation. Um, almost a necessity, Absolutely. right? To have yeah. it to yeah. to have it to have an app, yeah. right? Well, my, my next long term it was a Mercedes EQA, and it of course had the app and full connectivity, and it was just brilliant. So yeah. much, yeah, so much better. It just sort of it increases sort of the enjoyment of the car for me too. Is you know you can do you can just check on things, you can turn the air conditioning on before you get to the car, which is absolutely the best thing in the world ever. So in the middle of summer, you know, you're heading back to the car, crank the aircon up. Thank you. If you remember, yeah. That, if see, you remember, prob- prob- I get back to the car and yeah, think, oh, yeah. That's that. probably <laughs> something where you where there might be some you know, triggers through apps and <laughs> yes, so on yeah. where it can it can automate, absolutely. Uh, automate yeah, that. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I'm sure that's all. So yeah, that'll yeah. all happen. Um, but BYD is probably the next one to do sort of the proper full connected thing yes. uh, with yeah. the Atto 3 and other cars they're going to bring. But they are, they're doing the whole onboard sim data connection thing and there's going to be – it's have its own app store and all sorts of things. And, I mean, the car itself is utterly fantastic now. Mm. Um, mm. Just feels like that once they get that up and running, which should be very soon, uh, it's going to be so much better. Yep, I'm oh, definitely going to have to uh, have a have a have a chat with them and, uh, and, yeah. and take it for a spin because yeah, I do keep hearing very very positive things it's about it, yeah. and I guess that this is one of the biggest moves. And if we sort of step back a little bit, look at the big changes in in the auto industry over you know over recent decades, you've got you know electric and just the, these technological pieces that have come, and then you've got China. Certainly, going back a decade, the idea of buying a Chinese, Chinese vehicle—I yeah. I don't know whether you know how people would have felt about that. But yeah, well, I mean, now and in, in yeah. part with with Tesla, I guess you could you yeah, know you could say that's helped. a part of the legitimization yeah. is that the best you know the best Tesla vehicles are the Chinese <laughs> made ones, not 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 the American, <laughs> not the American made, no. right? <laughs> so that in itself makes a statement for. The rest of the industry, yeah. I suppose. Well, the thing about the, the sort of a whole Chinese manufacturer is they will build to whatever quality level you want to pay for. Yeah. So if you want cheap crap, they'll build that. If you want something good, they'll build that, but you have to pay more for it. But the rise of the Chinese car industry is particularly fascinating because you see it, you've seen it over the decades when Japanese cars mm-hmm. first being mm-hmm. started, sold in New Zealand. There was that joke about, oh, you know, don't, don't. Um, polish the paint too hard, you'll see the baked bean tin labels through it and all those sort of Japanese cars are rubbish. Well, now Japanese cars are like, you know, one of the standards for, for yeah. quality cars. Um, Korean cars came into the country. They were cheap rubbish. And now you've got, you know, Hyundai making $100,000 cars that are absolutely amazing and yeah. all yeah. of that. And I also said the Japanese manufacturers learned fast. The Korean manufacturers learned even faster and the Chinese are just even faster still because mm. literally, like you say, a decade ago, the Chinese cars you could buy were utter garbage. They'd be rusting on the yard before they'd even moved out. But the, the leaps they have taken in that short time is absolutely incredible. Mm. There's still this little sort of an unknown quantity in that they, you know, like something like the BYD Atto or the MGZS are really good for the money. We don't know quite what the longevity, but yeah, they the quality, just long been around term, long, long enough. They haven't been around yeah, long enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that was yeah one of the things where I thought yeah having having just spent a few days with with uh, M, what is it the MGZS EV yeah. and I think it was the fifty four thousand dollar model or just shy of, of yeah. fifty four 
slightly cheaper one just under yep. the 50, but by the time you get the rebate, Take it's, just o- it's only yeah. just over 41,000. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so um, still is the cheapest EV, in New, new EV rather, in New Zealand. Well, seven-year unlimited kilometre warranty. I mean, yeah. I don't know if anyone else is doing that other other oh, other than um, Mitsubishi with their ten year. Oh um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. They they obviously don't have any EVs to offer yet. But, yeah, um, uh, I think but that's that's a pretty you know you come in at a good price point and then you throw that in. Yeah, and they they do something as well around the warrant of fitness as well. Yeah, there's um, roadside in terms of covering included, covering covering yeah, those. It's, it's, during, a, it's probably that period. It's it's probably the most comprehensive warranty. In the country, yeah, which yeah. says a lot about their confidence in the mm. in the cars, which obviously gives you a bit of peace of mind there. Mm. And yeah, like I say, I had that that first generation ZS EV as a long termer, and it's it's got its quirks, it's got a few sort of oddities and things like that. But mm. I absolutely loved the thing; mm. I absolutely adored it. It was just a great little car. I, I think the new one's fantastic too. But the time I've spent in it, it doesn't. It's sort of they've made it a bit too. Bit too nice, a bit too sort of. I, I like the fact that the uh, other one was a bit mad. It like had all its power low down, and it would smash off the line in a ridiculous rate. Yeah, yeah. They've made this a bit more growing up. Um, new one. <laughs> That's just me. That's just the motoring journalist yeah, who, likes, well, who uh, likes going quickly away from the traffic lights. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I I enjoy that too. In fact, um, yeah, had a, a friend try it after I used his. Yep. Uh, Charger um, over the weekend, and uh, he's got a Model Y and and uh, and another one on order, and he felt that, and you know, admittedly we were driving in a fifty k zone, yeah. um, so you know it wasn't sort of straight through a hundred k's, but yeah, he felt oh this feels very similar actually to yeah. to, to the Model yep. Y in terms of the. Uh, um, you know the pace when he when he when he put his foot down, which is probably no coincidence whatsoever. Because you can probably be fairly certain that MG would have bought a Model Y. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought, okay, we'll do this. We'll do this. Like if, yeah. You don't need to have it go as quickly off the line as it was going with the old model. So we'll make it a bit more, you know, yeah. refined. Yeah. What what the yeah. customers want and yeah. Yeah. all of that nonsense. Not what the motoring journalists want, which they should be making cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I thought it was a good, a good experience. As you know, on the tech front, you get a little wireless charger there for, for a phone. Um, yeah. I, as far as I'm aware, the it doesn't have wireless Android Auto or wireless CarPlay. Um, but you know, you've got your, you've got a couple of jacks there. One thing I think is a shortcoming, and it's not specific to to M, MG. Uh, well, it might be actually. You can you can tell me if you've noticed this. But the two USB ports, there was a USB A and a USB C, and I I had a USB C to Lightning cable, plugged that in. Oh, uh, why is the okay. iPhone not coming up? And actually, right. just one of the ports Only one's a data. was sort of dedicated yeah. for for the yeah. data side, so yeah. that you could you know put your phone up. And I thought, oh, why? Come on, I it's, know. it's yeah. you know we should have come far enough <laughs> yes. now. You can have two active ports, and um, you know both of these would. Yeah, you know, or either of these should, you know, should suit being out of mirror, that, that's mirror, not, mirror that's screen. Not specific to MG, but yeah, that, I didn't, didn't, some other brands do do it, and yeah, it's yeah. equally infuriating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand so, it. Anyway, so, yeah, <laughs> but it, but it, you know, it's small things. As you've sort of alluded to, different price points, you're going to get a different, yeah, you know, quality and, and capability. Oh, but uh, you know, my my feeling and my time with the uh, MG ZS EV. 
is, you know, that sort of price point, which after you rebate, just, you know, 40, 41, 350 or something, that's it's pretty impressive, Absolutely. you know, impressive value. Yep. Yes, MG make SUV sort of down probably under, you know, maybe under 30K. Yeah, now, well, right? the, the um, ICE, the, the standard ICE ZS is yeah. about 25 to 30-odd. Yeah. Um, so you look at it in those terms, you're paying quite a lot more for the EV version. Yep. But you look at it in the terms of the even the ICE ZS uh, is cheap for what it offers. Mm. It could easily mm. be a thirty, forty thousand dollar car in its own right. Yep. Uh, yep. So the e- the electric one is remarkably good value for money. Mm. Um, and then, like I say, getting back, not wanting to you know draw attention away from the NG, but getting back to the BYD, it sort of takes it a step further, and that it's arguably the first EV that you could say is actually cheap for what it offers. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the what's the price uh, point for the BYT? I knew you were yeah. going to ask me that, and no, I no, can't I'll, remember uh, off the top I'll, of my head. I'll, slightly uh, more, slightly yeah. more than the MG. Yeah, I think the top spec MG is about the same price as the bottom spec Atto, mm. but mm. the bottom spec, call it the bottom spec Atto. It's only it gets the same equipment levels as the Dero One. It just has a slightly smaller battery. Mm. The the difference in range. So yeah, they're starting at. 54 490 plus the on-road costs. So, uh, you know, it is, it's a reasonable sort of step up, but, you know, you're bumping up the range quite a bit. You're still a a chunk below, you know, what you're going to get out of a standard Tesla, but still not, uh, not too shabby there. I mean, they've got a couple of different options, I think, but the base, the base one, three, uh, 50 kilowatt, our battery, which is you know similar size to the, yes, uh, MG, the MG, but gets it does appear to get a slight slightly better range. Yeah. So because yeah, the but still BYD is, BYD. is a, they make their own batteries. Obviously, they're a battery manufacturer before mm, they started building mm, cars. Mm. Uh, but their battery technology is a couple of levels above well a lot of them other manufacturers to be honest. But certainly MG and the and the likes. Yeah, the range. I think that the MG when it first came out was coming through about two sixty three. Yeah, I can remember yeah, the first. Yeah, 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 yeah. two hundred sixty-three k's, easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, right. Whereas that's now up, I think around uh, three, three, three twenty yeah. odd. And the Ad three are saying three, yeah. three forty-five. Now, of course, yeah. these aren't the real world. They're, um, you yeah. know, that obviously depends on how you drive and yeah. varying other factors where you're driving, how cold it is, and and the like, right? Um, I genuinely found when I had the the long term ZS. Mm. Was largely very consistent mm, mm, at, at mm. what it would deliver, and it was yep. getting pretty much what you know the two sixty three yeah, okay. quite easily most of the time. Okay. So I was yeah quite impressed, and that was me That's enjoying um, the performance away from the traffic lights on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, so yeah, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, but it, look, I think you know we're in an exciting position in terms of you know where the tech's at now, where yeah. where it's going, uh, and. Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned Korean vehicles, sort of, you know, what's happening on that front. There's some, you know, some I think some very yeah. slick yeah. Uh, vehicles that that kind of, you know, that certainly in terms of the look compared to, say, yeah, Tesla and others, I think, uh, you know, some of the Korean yeah. products. Hyundai's um, doing some amazing looking stuff. In the very, very slick yeah. looks, real kind of techy, cutting edge. Um, so yeah, really, uh, really quite an exciting time, I think, to, oh, be, uh, to be looking at vehicles, and uh, no doubt we'll have some other interesting discussions <laughs> in, the, in the in the years ahead. I mean, there's a whole lot on the on the 
you know the safety side that seems to just continue to uh, continue well, to iterate. The whole um, autonomous driving thing is the big sort of elephant in the room at the moment, and that everyone's pouring vast sums of money into it, but still not really happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see. Um, I see. Waymo have extended what they're doing into uh, Los Angeles. So there's now a few, you know, a few places, Arizona and yes. yep. uh, I think Phoenix, and then yep. you've got on West Coast anyways, well, that direction, uh, Los Angeles and, you know, San Francisco. San Francisco so yeah. it's getting easier if you want to go and sit in one of these vehicles and, and get a ride. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's improving, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the things that... Um, we saw when we were over at GM's Proving Grounds were a whole huge fleet of the Cruise Origin, ah, the yes. fully autonomous yeah, yeah. pods, all just doing, yeah, they obviously, I think mm. they must have used them to transport, you know, people around the Proving Grounds because there are people yeah. just sitting and they were going everywhere. And one of the things we really wanted to do, we wanted to try and have a stopover in San Francisco so we could all go and try one of them, but yeah. couldn't, didn't work out. Yeah. But yep. um, the other thing that we got a chance to do too was to try the Super Cruise, Oh, yeah. And the yeah. Cadillacs. Yeah, yeah. On the open road on the way to the Milford Proving Because that's kind of their autopilot. That's their, yeah, their equivalent of autopilot. And it's it, it blew me away, to be honest. And that it keeps itself centred so brilliantly mm. and it reacts like you would. Mm. You know, you see something mm. over here, you think, oh, they're going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah. it sees it. I picked up my phone to take a photo. Look, I'm driving no hands. As soon as I put my phone up, Flashes up a warning. <laughs> you know, put your phone down. It's like, yeah. wow, that's <laughs> that's fairly impressive. And uh, the only thing it didn't do was uh, get into the got into the wrong lane when we were wanting to get off, but it didn't know we were wanting to get off. Right. right. So it was going out. It would just go out past cars on its own accord, and yeah. but it was just I, I can't remember how many cameras are in the cockpit watching you. Mm. It keeps as good an eye on you as it does on what's on the outside to make sure you're paying attention at yeah. all times. Yeah. I think that's where Cadillac's or GM's sort of advantage in that area is, is that they concentrate as much on the driver as they do mm. as on the actual car. Mm. But apparently the next level of Super Cruise, they are integrating with Google Maps. So if you set the destination, then it will know that you need to be in that lane to get off. Right, but more like the Navigator on autopilot. Yes, of, of and the Tesla what, what Mercedes are doing with, yeah. with their lot too. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was it really surprised me how how sort of seamless mm. and um, predictable it was. Yeah. yeah, which I've never experienced before, not even in like Tesla or Mercedes or any mm. of those other mm. Mm. other ones. Yeah, so the, the the safety improvements I think are. Is really exciting, and I know in New Zealand we've got this goal to get to sort of zero road deaths, which to me seems like well, that's a really long term goal. <laughs> and also, it's like well, technology is going to deliver that anything you know more than anything else that New Zealand can yeah. do, yeah. right? Sure, we could slow people down to driving two kilometres an hour, and you know you could go to sort of extremes, but. When there are people involved, yeah. stuff happens, right? Yeah. It's it's like you, trying you to could, trying to get the drowning down, you know, while people are allowed to jump in yeah. the water and so on, which the yeah, you can't you can't not The speed uh, limit literally could be two kilometers an hour and people would still find ways to kill themselves on the road. 
So, you know, that's always going to be the case. But a nice target, it's an admirable yeah. goal, but it's probably not one you're ever going to realistically hit unless we are all in a t- autonomous pods. You're not, you're not no allowed input. to hold a steering yeah, wheel. No and, input from and, any and, human and, being and, involved and, whatsoever. And take control. Yeah. 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 The friend who uh, yeah, was sore over the weekend and he was telling me about his Model Y, he said, oh, you know, wife was Model Y, came into an intersection, she had the right of way, another vehicle came into the intersection that shouldn't have and and quite an unusual configuration. I didn't, you know, I didn't get him to show me on the map where it was exactly and what the detail was, but he said, oh, it was a bit complicated. You can understand how maybe the other yeah. driver got mixed up. But he said the Tesla autopilot figured it out and put the brakes on and where there would have been an accident, there wasn't. He just said he was he was so blown away yeah. with that yeah. uh that aspect of it, and I think you know this is what's going to become the Absolutely. norm, and yep. and we will we will see that road to to zero. I you know I think that the technology will bring about huge changes, Absolutely. but it's just yep. a matter of kind of time for the fleet to change over to yes. these vehicles that have got this level of of smarts, and yep. you know whether the examples are set by Mercedes or Tesla or whichever company sort of bring it. It ultimately goes across the absolutely you know, all, yeah, I mean, all of the vehicles over time. Doesn't that's it? how all automotive technology has always worked. It mm. starts at the high end, expensive stuff, and then it trickles its way down. Seat belts, spare bags, all of that sort of stuff was offered on the absolute top models first. Worked its way down. I mean, now we've got Suzuki Swift with radar adjust, adaptable cruise control. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. pretty much sort of a standard thing across most new cars these days. And that was something that even 10 years ago was amazing new technology that was yeah. you know yeah and it's funny for us to you know you mentioned seat belts because i you know i think probably so many of us wouldn't have even imagined that, that there would have been vehicles without seat yeah. belts right yeah, can't but, imagine but actually <laughs> that was one of the the industry's sort of big changes Absolutely. to to address yeah. um even road, in america it's still a bit of a bit of a struggle yeah, these yeah, days yeah. So, you know <laughs> yeah yeah well and airbags again you couldn't mm. you couldn't sell a vehicle now mm. without airbags. Mm. Mm. I think Mercedes pretty much invented them back in the late 70s, early 80s. And yeah, again, the first airbag was in the S-Class yep. and it was sold as a luxury feature on this luxury car and now they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there were a couple of other things I was hoping to dive into, but I kind of think we've uh, spent all the time uh, talking cars and car tech and that stuff. That happens when you bring and, a car uh, guy and we just talk cars that, the whole that's time. That's been pretty so, cool, yeah. so really good to catch up, Damien. Um, now, for folks that are wanting to sort of keep a track of some of what you do, where's the place to, uh, to, to find you? I'm a sporadic user of most social yeah, media yeah, outlets, yeah. but OversteerNZ tends to be my handle on everything, not LinkedIn, and I can't, uh, probably just my name if yep, I'm on Damien O'Carroll. Yep. Yep. So it's something that I have drifted away from over the last few years as being the motoring editor of stuff. I've been busy with that. But now that I'm heading back to the freelance world, I'll certainly become a bit more of a regular social media user. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. All right. Well, great to catch up. Um, Thanks for for sharing some of your experiences and uh, and insights. And I mean, what really is, I think, one of the most exciting areas of, of where tech is is facilitating some pretty big changes. Certainly the rate of change is is quite dramatic. Yeah, good stuff. Well, thanks everyone for uh, for joining us. Thanks for listening in. Uh, We'll be back again uh, next week, of course. And a big thank you to our show partners, to Vodafone, Two Degrees, Spark, uh, HP, Gorilla Technology and Deal. 
Um, now, if you've been watching the live stream, I uh, would encourage you to go and you know fire up podcast app on your mobile. Uh, you can subscribe there for free to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, if you've been listening to us through a normal audio podcast app, if you want to catch the live streams, certainly follow me on on LinkedIn. Uh, that's probably where the you know most live viewers that we sort of tend tend to get. Um, but also you can uh, follow on YouTube, and you have to hit the bell and so on to uh, you know to catch those because the live, I guess, is about catching the show. You know, the first as we come out for later on, then uh, you know most most of that tends to happen through a podcast app. But if you want to want to get it first, then uh, that's that's the way to find it as well. Uh, Twitter and Facebook for for the video. Thanks, Damien. <laughs> Thank you. So thanks everyone. We'll look forward to catching you again next week. All right, see ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.